0: How's it going, Johnny? What's up, Francis? You're in my way there. You've been banned, junkie. Now turn around and take your little friends with you. I'm going to have to get rough with you. Hey, underpants. You mess with one boy adventurer. You mess with all of us. I think they were hoping you'd say that. Looks like you got a little
1: uh, herpy on your lip there. You have been kissing your wife's ass after I put
2: herpy in there? What? Oh, no, he didn't.
1: So, hi! Welcome to Venture Bros. me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Nicholas Clayface Friedemann.
0: I can melt down and reshape myself however I want.
1: It's very true.
0: Unless there's too much water involved, and then I dissolve and then get sent down like a sewer drain and everyone goes, until next time.
1: <laughs> Who are you, Sandman?
0: Oh, well, they're, I mean, they're the same.
1: They're basically the same, yeah. <laughs> and then we have Graham the Wizard Mason. Hello. Yep. Can you even tell me if that's a Marvel or DC character? No. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> he is uh, he is a Marvel character that is dressed exactly like the Flash and supposed to be a copy of the Flash in one of their like fun ribbing Elseworlds, where the Justice League exists, and there is like a Night Man who is Batman, and like Super Great Man is Superman, and it's like crazy stupidness that they just brought back into canon this past week. Oh, so the Wizard is back.
0: You know what I should have said when you said the Clayface? I should have said, <laughs> Oh, that would have been nah. wonderful. Too late.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Uh, I think Nick might have to cut this episode, but as I say, if I cut this one, I was just going to bleep out your entirely better joke. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, feeling a little self-medication this week. What about you guys?
2: Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that wasn't my best transition of all time?
2: Yeah. Also saying maybe that's not the best episode of the season of all time. Really? Really? huh not the best of all time (laughs) i you know just putting it out there you you may disagree with me but well mm, honestly i kind of disagree i don't know if i disagree i
1: I definitely i think i like it more than what you just said but yes um but we'll get into that uh i honestly don't remember whose turn it is to do a breakdown i didn't cut the last episode nick whose turn is it um mine i think it's yours okay well why not i'll do it uh, I did just watch the episodes this morning, which is very tough to do with a 10-month-old baby in your apartment. But I managed to do it partially because my wife had to take our pet to the vet. But either way, I did it. Uh, but I also watched this one first. So so The Order of the Triad... Uh, wait, no, that's next week. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> I remember. I'm just joshing Yeah. Uh, so this takes place. Uh, Rusty is getting really close to getting murdered by the Monarch, probably the closest he's been in a long time, and he pulls what uh, 2Ton21 will call as a Section 8, and he has to go see his therapist, where he bumps into the rest of, well, not the rest of, but a good smattering of previous boy adventurers who are also all in therapy. Um, They're working through their issues, like medication, premature ejaculation, all those kind of fun stuff, and the guy dies. Oh, no, so the boy adventurers have to band together solve the mystery of who killed this guy, and uh, they don't, which is kind of sad. Uh, We figure it out. It was the monarch the whole time, because the monarch is really annoyed that he can't uh, arch Dr. Venture while he has his doctor's appointments, so he just kills the doctor, because that's very monarch of him. Uh, Meanwhile, on the other side of the spectrum, since they all have the night off, Hatred takes the boys to go see a... it looks like a Lord of the Rings golden compass but with more kids-esque final movie of a trilogy um which triggers poor sergeant hatreds uh his afflictions and just wants to touch young children and runs away for his medication and just gets drunk instead uh so the boys have to hitch a ride back with the henchmen who are very kind of cool with it uh and then they help him knock out they help hank and dean knock out sergeant hatred so they can get him his medication again and that's about it right Yep. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, around the table, I actually, I would say this is a strong, like, slightly above the middle of the pack episode. Like, not not just total mediocre, definitely not on, like, the other side of the fence into crap, because um, there's very little on that side of the fence. Yeah. Um, but also not up in, like, the upper echelon of, like, the amazing episodes either. But I think this is a solid, enjoyable episode.
0: I completely agree. I... Now Graham. Yeah. Sure. Graham.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean it's it's, you know, enjoyable. It's funny. There's some, you know, some good bits in it. But um yeah, definitely not definitely not my definitely not my favorite. And not it yeah, not of this season either. So, but it's good. It's a good episode. It's fun to see, so, you know, Action Johnny again and Ro-Boy and Dr. Z and stuff, but that's pretty much it for me.
0: Hmm. I'm sorry, Nick. I feel like I cut you off. You were saying something else. No, no, no. All, all I was going to say was that I think that this season. I mean, we've we've talked about it before on the podcast, and we've read about it in the book. That like it was kind of a tumultuous season behind the scenes. That it was supposed to be a longer season, and they realized that they were like, we don't really have the bandwidth to make you know however many episodes Cartoon Network ordered. And I think that this season has kind of struggled with Monster of the Week stuff, but really nailed a lot of the story stuff. And I think that this Monster of the Week episode is the first good one that they've done in a while. I may be misremembering something, but I feel like they really understood what they wanted to do. It doesn't really tie in to anything grand in a big way, and it just kind of like comes in, does its job, and then leaves.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I do kind of have the the feeling, again, like, th- this kind of happens more and more throughout, and I've been noticing it more, um, where you can kind of tell that, like, Hammer and Public have this, like, really great one idea for an episode. And it's like, yeah, but we need the B story. So they don't really care as much about the B story, and I, I can't say they don't care, because clearly they do, but, like, you have the story of... Um, of the, all the previous boy adventurers, and there's just so much like passion and comedy, and like the, the lines are funny, the characters are funny. You kind of have a, an odd future Hank and Dean in there. Like, like, there's a lot of really cool things in there, and then you have the other side of the corn, coin, which is just kind of it's there. And I, that's where I kind of agree with Graham. It's like the entire B story of the boys and hatred going to a movie is like this is fine, but totally. this doesn't really like get me going. Like, Whereas the you other could one, probably I
0: make love, the argument that they should have just expanded more on the actual group and left the stuff with the boys and Sergeant Hatred almost completely to the side.
1: Exactly. I I totally agree with that. Graham, is that kind of where you're coming from? Am I, am I right on guessing that or? I mean, yeah,
2: that's certainly part of it. I mean, it's just not as, I mean, it's not as interesting as a story. I mean, if like you talk about revenge, society, return to malice, Handsome Ransom, I mean, to me, this is, this episode is better than Perchance to Dean. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'd place it above that. But compared to everything else, it's not as good. So, I mean, like, to, to sum up your point, like, yeah, the Sergeant Hatred and, like, B story just uh, definitely doesn't add anything for me, and it really just kind of falls fat. Like, it's kind of funny, but... I think it definitely could have been summed up in a couple minutes and not been a through line for the entire episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are just kind of staying there for a moment. There are things I do like in the B story. Yeah. Um, but it all really comes from uh, twenty one and Hank. Yeah. Yes. Like that because I just I love their friendship and anytime we see just a glimpse of it, I'm in, I'm happy.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean that's you know one of my. You know, favorite moments of like when Hank comes out of the uh, theater. He's like, uh, "Dude, can we get a ride?" Dude, tell me you didn't leave before the end credits. Like, amazing! It's awesome. I
1: her love it. Not incredible. Be... Yeah, I just I love <laughs> that it's like he doesn't even think about doing something like the monarch would want him to do in this situation. It's just like, oh, my friend left before the credits were over. What an idiot! Yeah. And I just I loved that. I thought that was really cool. I did think it was kind of interesting that uh the end of a trilogy would have a credit tag yeah me too but but it works whatever (laughs) yeah look it works fine i mean who knows what the fuck that movie was it sounded horrible it did (laughs) but i guess it was better than the first one though but not quite as good as the second true (laughs) um was there anything that you particularly liked about the uh the b story nick Honestly,
0: nothing. I liked almost nothing about it. <laughs> See, this is what not I'm saying. Not even the Like, yeah, like, no, no, no. I, I was just going to agree with Graham is that it's just every time I think of this episode, I do not remember what the B story is at all. There isn't a single moment where I go, oh, right, you know, and it's not that it's bad. It's that it's so unbelievably forgettable that mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, what are we? The, the issue that I have with it is what are we exploring that we haven't already explored in other episodes with almost better outcomes? Sergeant Hatred, it's like, well, we've done this now two or three or four times where it's like he's struggling. That's fine. But to watch somebody kind of flounder is always, to me, kind of okay. Like, I'm not against trying somebody trying to get better but he's really not trying to get better he's just existing in that middle period of I'm struggling and I haven't relapsed but I haven't really gone out of my way to like find the medicine or anything else Um, the only part that I thought was funny about it was that he drops a gun and a bunch of bullets in a public bathroom and then just leaves them there (laughs) um, which isn't ever addressed but it's like okay that's fair um i did i like the stuff coming out of his pocket yes like a gun bullets a, a
1: cat sticker yeah and a bunch <laughs> of coins
0: a bunch of coins <laughs> but even the stuff with hank and 21 i almost wish that it had been Sergeant hatred's not there and it was just the two of them but be, yeah. there wasn't enough screen time devoted to really give them some moments together to be like okay you know what i mean like, it, yeah. it It just felt flat because it felt like it was a little bit muddled in, well, we need to have more screen time for Sergeant Hatred. And it's like, well, now that we're watching this kind of like in succession and going through it, it's like, well, we've watched him do this now. And it's, I'm now just waiting for the better version of Sergeant Hatred that comes when he gets his tits.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do kind of have this, like, I have like. Maybe an underlying feeling that just while watching the episode, it felt like, like, all right, so we have kind of an okay B story of hatred and the boys going to a movie. And then maybe we can kind of tie this in to show how much the boys have grown to love hatred. Like, maybe we can kind of shoehorn that in and make it fit. And like, that just never really clicked. Totally. For me. Uh, it just felt really just jammed in there. Like, yeah, you know, there's some growth. The boys like hatred now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't, yeah, it didn't feel natural to me.
1: Yeah, just like Hank yelling through the panic room door, like, are your meds in your room? We can go get them for you. It's like, this just doesn't even feel like Hank. Like, Hank's a good guy and really helpful, but that feels more like a Dean thing. But even Dean would be, I think he'd just be scared out of his mind. So I just, I think maybe it's just character motivation in there that just didn't feel really,
0: I don't know. Totally. Right
1: on point like it usually does.
0: Well, and I think yeah. the big thing is, is that it. I don't think that we've really shown Sergeant Hatred right now is kind of like a stepdad, right? He's like a step bodyguard. Yeah, sure. And I think that they've done a good job of establishing that to where he's like he's trying to do what a real bodyguard should do. Brock, I would argue, is you know how there's defensive drivers and there's aggressive drivers. Brock doesn't even know what defensive driving is because he's killed everybody on the highway, right? Like, it's just like, eh. But I think that the struggle is that for... One second. No problem. Sorry, one second. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I think the struggle is that for the past few episodes with Sergeant Hatred, we really haven't shown him do anything that feels like he's connecting with the boys and he's helping the boys and that character motivation doesn't feel from hank and dean doesn't feel genuine because there's really nothing that feels like why would they do this i know why they would do it for brock i know that they would reluctantly do it for their dad but i don't really see why they would do it for sergeant hatred yet
1: i feel like hank would reluctantly do it for his dad dean would be right up there yeah especially at this point in time yeah you're right yeah. um but yeah I, I, that, that's true because it, it's just it's kind of frustrating in a way but at the same time it's not really enough to like make me totally dislike the episode uh um, totally because i think because i think the a story which we'll move into now is as good as this one is disappointing totally it's so good I, I love that. Like, I kind of wish he hadn't given up therapy at the end. I think it totally makes sense. Like, I get Rusty saying, I don't need therapy. He's wrong, but I get him saying that. Um, so it's kind of too bad that this is the end of it. But yeah. that group of people, I think, is just hysterical. Totally. Yeah.
2: Which is kind of another reason why this whole episode just kind of falls flat for me. It's like, yeah, this is a good bit, but since he... Basically, we're seeing him start therapy in this episode, and at the end of it, decides to end it. It's like, okay, so why What's the, why, why am I watching this episode? Because now, from this season, from what we're getting, is a lot more story building, a lot more, you know, um, history and all of this other stuff building up. So it's just like having this kind of what feels like, to me, kind of like a throwaway episode of like, oh yeah, here's a thing that happened, I guess, whatever and then just totally left it because if they continued to do the therapy thing you know like repeat and like bring it back you'd be like oh that'd be kind of funny
1: yeah that's true but i do kind of have this like it's kind of like what nick was mentioning earlier it could just be that this season just isn't the best for monster of the week and because they're doing so well with story episodes when they try to do like half story half monster of the week you get this kind of in-between thing where we're kind of at with this one, where it still feels like it's supposed to be story because it shows, it's trying to show potential growth of Rusty, but it's still very much a one-off. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I personally don't think it it fails at that. I'm just not sure if that's what everybody
2: wanted to see. It's, it's clearly not what Graham wanted to see. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it fails necessarily, but it's definitely not what I wanted to see, no.
0: Right. Right. I wonder if, because, like... Now that we're starting to try and pick this apart, and now that we're talking about it, it's like, what's Rusty's motivation for going to therapy, I guess, other than getting out of being arched by the monarch, which, I'll be honest, feels kind of like a weak Mm -hmm. idea for him, because it's like, well, I, I think he views the monarch as a nuisance, but I also don't think that he dreads the monarch, you know, that he needs to find an excuse to get away from it.
2: No, I mean, if anything, he kind of likes it secretly, because he's like, at least somebody's interested in what the shit I'm doing.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, there's that, and then there's the, if if he was only doing this to get away from the monarch, he'd be lying. I have a note from my doctor. I'm a doctor, I wrote my own note. Right. Like, he wouldn't go through all of this bullshit just to, just for the hell of it. Like, this would not. Like, he would definitely just be lying. So something happened that made him want to go to therapy and we just don't know what that was.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is why it's
2: like, no, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Which is, I was going to say, which is why I feel like this kind of falls flat. Like I'm starting to move over to Graham's side because I'm (laughs) like, well, now that we're parsing out some of these steps, it's like, well, what would his motivation be? Because I, I agree with Brian at the end. I totally understand why he thinks he doesn't need it. Like, yeah. from where he's coming from, I'm like, yeah. But I feel like, don't you think that he would have pegged that right away? Like, Rusty's the kind of person that would absolutely find any reason to get out of doing something he felt like was beneath him. And I feel like he thinks therapy's beneath him from the get-go, so it seems kind of weird to then be like, oh, well, I'll go. But... If you introduced something like an attractive woman to therapy, I feel like he's like, yep, this totally makes sense. I don't even need to question (laughs) it just because he's kind of a sleazy person or he can make money off of it. You know, like there's just what's weird is that there's no sleaze involved. And for some reason, that's the sticking point for me for why it feels weird. Exactly. I can't I can't disagree with you. It just seems like it's.
1: I don't want to say it's the the weakest motivation they've had, because it's not, Mm-mm. but it's weak motivation to get him in a room full of people they think will be hilarious, and I yes. I don't think they were wrong. No, um,
2: No, I agree with that. I, it's I, like, when we're there, when we're in the room, and when, you know, they're doing all their sleuthing and stuff, it's great, it's fun, it's, you know, whatever, but I just don't believe it, and I'm questioning just, why I'm there in the first place. And then, at, by the end of the episode, you're like, well, what the fuck, why was I, why did I care? Other yeah, than I being entertained I just, for, I think I
1: enjoy months. them so much that I'm just willing to give all of the very good reasoning both of you have just had <laughs> a total pass. <laughs> like sure, because I just just Robo Boy pointing, pointing or poking a dead guy's penis, trying to restart him. Going, doesn't he have one of these? Like I just think it's hysterical. Like it's just.
0: I I also am a sucker for action Johnny. Any any excuse oh, yeah. for action Johnny. Action Johnny is like really the the worst case scenario of Rusty where you're like I'll be honest it's a wonder that Rusty didn't turn out exactly like Action Johnny.
2: Yeah. And oh Rusty is older than Action Johnny.
0: Yeah. Or, no, Action <laughs> Johnny's older than Rusty, that's
1: what it is. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like we're not even bringing up like the like the dream where like Rusty's like kind of in therapy with his father and it's just like Oh, that's weird telling you this stuff. Like I loved that. I just I love that fucking Doctor Venture left, like just left in the middle of his son's therapy, and then comes back. He's like, "All right, I didn't mean to interrupt. Now tell me again. You're talking about how ungrateful you are for all the great things your father has given you." It's like
0: fuck. What do you think he was doing? Because they show the some somebody diving in behind, uh, Rusty as he's talking. He was fucking. That's what I thought. Right? Yeah. yeah.
2: That or just anything.
0: Yeah. Ma- making a smoothie.
2: Do any anything. <laughs> Other than actually fathering his son is better than fathering his own son. His own son.
1: Yeah. Throughout the entire show, though, it's usually, you can guess, if he's not doing super science,
2: he's fucking. Totally. Yes. And that'll definitely like, be made of, more obvious as this show continues.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like He just gets, like, you talk about, like, Rusty being a bit of a sleaze. Like, oh my god. He is the most, like, prim and proper human
0: being known to man. Compared to his father, totally. <laughs> his father yeah. is just the worst. And here's the thing, honestly, in comparison to the room full of the other boy adventurers, Rusty is pretty well adjusted in comparison.
2: Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he even yeah. he even mentions it at the end, and kind of like to your point, like why would he think about going there? But yeah, at the end of the episode, he's like, wait, no, I do have some semblance of a family, and I do still have a job, and I am still am kind of a scientist, and I grew up i'm not doing boy adventure stuff anymore i'm doing this doctor stuff it's like yeah what the fuck do i need you for no matter how much i wanted to hurt my or i didn't like my father i never wanted to kill him
1: whoa whoa whoa
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that montage where they're like explaining what it is and it's like clearly a practiced story that they've gone over like more you know time and time again oh yeah (sighs) oh
1: and i also just love that like like are they supposed to be the hardy boys i'm taking yes but they're also clearly just kind of a future Hank and Dean. Like, Kerchief and all. Yeah. Interesting. I never picked up on that. I've always thought that. Like, the, like I don't think they're obviously supposed to be, like, a a future Hank and Dean. I don't think it's, like, that crazy. I just think it's supposed to be, like... If you look at Action Johnny as the worst-case scenario future for Rusty, these guys are the worst-case scenario for Hank and Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they went nuts and killed their dad. Yeah,
0: that, that sounds like... Definitely Rusty's worst case scenario for Hank and Dean. Well, we've already seen Hank try it in that one episode. So (laughs) kill Pop. We hauled off and wailed on him with a paper mache sword. Yes, kill Pop.
2: Kill Kill Pop. Pop. (laughs) Kill
0: Pop. (laughs) And then we've seen a weird version of Dean, kind of try it. No, he actually doesn't try and kill Rusty. So never mind. No, he tries to kill Dean. He tries to kill Dean.
1: Yeah, murder is in both of these boys' hearts. Yes.
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs> like it's definitely there. I think murder is in the heart of any boy adventure. Truly, truly, well, that's deep probably down. true.
1: Maybe not Robo Boy. Uh, I guess he's kind of built to murder. Never mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if, if if any of them, maybe
2: not Wonder Boy,
0: but no, he doesn't have the the cojones, if you will. Oh no, <laughs> and he's just so
1: like. I forget which the name of the character is, but it's like future Dean slash Seth Green. Like, he's just so mean
0: to poor Wonder Boy. He's mean to everybody, but he definitely is like. Wonder Boy's the easiest to pick on, though.
1: Yeah. And, he, yeah, he's definitely mean to everybody, but Wonder Boy really gets it the worst. True.
0: But he also. Like,
1: I, <laughs> you see no correlation between this and this? <laughs> he
0: jiggles his belly. He's like, you fucker. <laughs> Also, the beep-boop thing breaks my heart every time. Just, like, come every on. time. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just don't make the... You can
2: make the motion, but definitely not the noise. Yeah. Oh, uh, just don't say
1: beep-boop. Oh, my God. Like, as soon as you just say it, you're fucked. Especially sitting next to him. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I don't care where you were in the room, but it's gonna be worse when you're next to him. Oh, for sure. Ugh. Um... We haven't really talked about it very much, but I do kind of want to mention, this is probably the best the monarch's ever done at henching Dr. Venture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, Venture looks legitimately
2: frightened. He's only wearing one shoe. Yes.
1: Yeah, I assumed that it got stuck on the moving wall. That's again. exactly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely where it is. <laughs> if
2: he waits 15 minutes, it'll come around again. Yeah. It's definitely his own fault that he's wearing only one shoe, but yeah <laughs> he's still only wearing one shoe. but yeah like no he does great
1: i mean yeah he captures him <clears throat> he's got him in the air he can kill him yeah at any moment and then it's,
2: it's his timer goes off and then immediately afterwards he that same night he sets up a plot to kill dr, dr. ventures um therapist and is successful yeah yeah like, it, he's great he's he's on the next level
1: yeah, Monarch is—he's—he's uh, he's showing his chops a little bit, and then he loses them all again. But at some point here soon, but still, he was doing pretty good right here. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I Thanks do love that reveal.
1: 20, yeah. Oh, the—the the reveal of he's the
0: one who killed the—the the Doctor. Yes. Did you ever not think it was him? The first time I watched this episode, I actually didn't yeah. remember what the ending was, and I was like, "Oh, is this going to be a thing where?" Because I could see the Venture Brothers doing this where it's like you just don't find out. It's just kind of like a a MacGuffin that just like doesn't go anywhere. And then at the very end, you have the interaction between the monarch and 21. And then like right at the end, he's like, Oh, by the way, did you do that thing? And he's just like, Oh yeah, it was on the way to the movie theater. We slipped the snake (laughs) in, no problem. And you're like, Oh <laughs> But I didn't I don't think I saw it coming the first time I watched it I think I was just like oh I'm guessing This is gonna be something that just Never gets answered because It doesn't it's not really important To the heart of the episode but the way it actually Ties in is better Yeah yeah. I,
1: I think I just Always assumed it was him just because we haven't <laughs> yeah, Seen what? a lot of other like A lot of other really qualified Henchmen that like or uh, arch nemesis That are really ever going after like anyone but rusty like we we've seen phantom limb like we've seen a bunch of them but we've never really seen them do anything unless it's going after rusty and the only one rusty has right now is the monarch so i'm like i just assume monarch that's fair um when they started going down the dr z path i'm like oh i guess it could be dr z we haven't seen him in a while but it doesn't feel like it would be and then we see him and he's like no the hell of course it wouldn't be me (laughs) I wouldn't try to kill you with a made-up
2: snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind oh, of figured shit. it would be kind of like a one-off, nothing character, just like the weird ninja that we got at the very beginning of the show that was obsessed with Dr. Venture's ray.
1: Oh my god, I forgot about that ninja.
2: Yeah. Or
1: half-jackal. May- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think do you think
0: the ninja is going to be scare bear because we still don't know who scare bear is i hope so i hope they bring him back for like something that's just like why because it does seem like very in what the venture brothers would love to do but also it's like of course like just of course yeah yeah yeah
2: do you remember me type of thing
1: yeah that'd be and most people would be like not
2: really No. no i don't
1: yeah, not not at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, Alright, do we want to move into quotes on this one? Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, uh, who wants to go first?
2: Well, you mentioned it. and It's definitely my one of my favorite moments of this episode, as it opens up with um, Dr. Retro, or the Jonas, giving um Rusty, his his therapy session. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember, I'm not your father. I'm your doctor. Anyways, you were saying that you're ungrateful for all the opportunities I've given you and how you blame me for all of your problems. It's like...
1: Oh, Jonas, you're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You're the only person who's worse than Pete White, and that's a low bar. I just thought it was such, such a good moment. And sets up the rest of Rusty's life for him. That's very true. Um, I've already kind of mentioned mine, but I, I'll bring it up again because I just love it. It's when the uh, the Doctor is dead and uh, Rusty looks at him and goes, What the hell is Robo-Boy doing? And he's like, doesn't he have one of these? Or why isn't he rebooting? Doesn't he have one of these? And like pulls down his pants, you see his reboot button, and he pushes it and knocks out. <laughs> if it wasn't for the follow-through of the joke, it wouldn't be my favorite. But it's
2: just that he knocks himself out. Yeah. It's just wonderful. It's, it's like, so
0: good. You know what he's going to do
2: immediately before... You're like, but don't do it. Just point to it. Don't point. Don't push it. Ah, you idiot.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, actually, there's a lot that I love in this one. I think the simple one is... <laughs> okay, so there's a lot. I... I... One of the the best one that made me laugh out loud the hardest isn't really a quote But it's a visual gag which is like now I think at this point what I'm looking for for these quotes because I think it's funny, but When they're doing the bar fight and it's like pap throw whatever and wonder boy like jumps down and like like leans back and grabbing his knee And it says torn meniscus (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's great
1: but, I love that, and I love the, the Dean guy just under the table that says,
0: "cower." Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, oh, And I have to say this, because it's so, I think, like, the best, it's so Action Johnny, and it's so gross, where he's, like, fighting with the biker guy, or, or they're going back and forth, and Action Johnny goes, looks like you got a little herpy on your lip. Have you been oh. kissing your wife's ass after I put herpy there? And it's like, <laughs> what the f- Fuck like is
1: this? And it's herpy in there, which is just so gross.
2: It's so <laughs>
1: gross. Uh, and the way he says it, ah, uh, uh, it's the best. Uh, yep. I am also a sucker for action Johnny, and they use him just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I also love
0: that it's singular. Why is it singular? <laughs>
2: <laughs> herpy in there. <laughs> I also like the setup of that whole scene to where, I forget the the Dean Hale character, I forget his actual name, but as they're walking into the bar, like, oh, there's that man, I remember him from his file, and you see the picture of the file of the guy with the the scuba mask on and the whole scuba gear and everything, and then they pull down the file, and he's just wearing all of the scuba gear, like, (laughs) You remember his face. That's the most obvious thing that's pointing out to you. With a fucking huge mustache and everything. Oh, it's, so uh, it's hilarious. My God.
1: Oh, it's a good show. It is. Even the episodes we're not huge fans of, still good.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's got good moments, but it's just... Eh.
1: Well, you we can't all be winners. That's true. Uh, I think it's time to move into plugs and say goodbye. Yes. Mm. Yeah? All right, so... Be sure to listen to After the Hype, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Be sure to listen to Samwise, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. And then be sure to listen to Demon Days, the new uh, real play D&D podcast that we have coming up uh, It launches on April 24th or 6th. I don't remember which, but it's one of those two. Um, And that one will be a lot of fun, too. So be sure to check that one out. And always, you can find all of us stuff at athpod.com. Nick, Graham, anything to plug? Nope do wonderful so with that i will say bye 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 bye
0: bye bye bye